Welcome to Disembodied. This is episode 22, Winter Magic. In the Northern Hemisphere, we're coming up on winter solstice. The seasonal gears are shifting. The nights will run longer. We may shiver a little more. Remember this, though. Cold is also invigorating sometimes. If I'm honest here, I haven't spent many years in places where winter is powerful. When I reflect on my experience with winter, it definitely taught me a few things. I had to buy lamb's wool liners for my boots. Otherwise, the cold cobblestones I walked on would make my feet ache. After being out in the cold for a while, my face would get a little numb, and I wouldn't feel my nose running. My ears would burn if I didn't wear a hat or a headband. When the sidewalks got icy, it was impossible to go anywhere without cleats. And I didn't have cleats. You can go weeks without seeing the sun. Even months. It takes a lot of effort to dress for cold weather. And there are consequences for not maintaining your body warmth. You can actually die of exposure, which doesn't happen very often, probably. But what's more likely is that you just get sick. My doctor told me to make sure I always breathe through my nose when I'm outside. Breathing through your mouth can let too much cold air into your lungs, and it can cause respiratory illness. And I remember having bronchitis when I lived in a wintry place. Winter taught me other things as well, though. I love the sound of crunching snow under my boots. The starry winter sky was probably more beautiful than any summer sky I've seen, maybe because summer contains a greater level of distraction. You have outdoor parties and kind of an emphasis on body consciousness in the summer that you don't have in the winter. When a light snow is falling and that whiteness starts concealing the landscape around you, It affects some sort of change within you. Everything you were used to seeing gets covered over. Trees take on new shapes as they're gradually frosted over. Lakes that you might have swum in months ago become hard like glass. Winter just forces you to reinterpret the natural world, for a while at least, as it rests under its own blanket. Even though I experience a long fall without a winter here in Southern California, I miss the chill of a true winter sometimes. I miss feeling the power of my own body heat when it's wrapped in a coat. The coat isn't creating warmth. You are. It's just insulating your own self-generated heat. What I really miss even more is having to reinterpret the landscape as it gets covered in snow. This seems to bring on creativity. You have to imagine what's beneath it. In time, it makes you crave the color of flowers, trees, plants, everything that pops up in the spring again. Even if you don't own any land, but are motivated to plant a flower box in the spring, you're using your own creativity to recolor the landscape that winter put on hold. So instead of seeing winter as a prohibitive time, when everything dies and the landscape gets erased, 
we should probably see it as a creative time. The nights are longer, not just for sleeping, but for writing, reading, painting, crafting, fixing, mending, and visualizing so many things. Think of this quote by Albert Camus. In the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. I love that quote. So here are a couple of questions. What are you elevating your thoughts toward this winter? What architecture of the mind are you constructing? What invincible summer are you creating for yourself? I thought I would mention a couple of solstice traditions in passing here. Maybe just to bring a little inspiration for you to make the upcoming solstice memorable in your own way, if you decide to do that. One solstice tradition I'd like to mention first is Yalda or Chela night, which is a Persian celebration. So they celebrate the longest and darkest night of the year, solstice. And in Iran, there's an ancient solstice tradition to feast, drink, and read poetry into the wee hours of the morning on that night. They burn candles that last through the night. They eat summer fruits like watermelon to ward off winter illnesses, which is kind of unique. So they effectively bring the light of the summer into their own diet on the darkest, longest night. Another solstice tradition I find inspiring is St. Lucia Day, which is celebrated in Scandinavia on December 13th. We've already passed it. The date discrepancy being a week earlier than the 21st, how we currently celebrate the solstice, is due to Sweden having transitioned later from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. So for this tradition, young women dress in white robes with candle wreaths on their heads, like with real candles, although I think that the smaller kids probably get the LED candles these days. So they put these wreaths on their heads and they create a stunning procession as they walk around singing. And they hand out ginger cookies and saffron buns. So there's a little feasting aspect to it as well. St. Lucia was a Christian martyr. That's who's being celebrated, though this tradition seems to have its roots in the pagan celebration of Yule. To provide a visual here, I'll link a favorite video of mine to this episode. There's a Swedish woman named Jona Jinten, and she made her own video based on St. Lucia Day. So I'll include that in the show notes of this episode. You may want to watch it more than once. It's actually quite stunning, that video. So I'm wishing all of you a soft landing as the seasons change. Try to find some winter magic. It's out there.